It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Prime Time. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray. Two of VSIN Prime Time here in lovely Las Vegas. That is Jared Smith. I am Tim Murray. We're downtown. Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Vegas as our coverage of a Super Week on VSIN continues all the way up to Super Bowl 58 in our city. And it's always great to have our friends stop on by. And Rob Stats Guerrera is here from the Gold Standard Network, has joined us a handful of times this year to give us the latest on the San Francisco 49ers. Follow him on Twitter at Stats on Fire, Gold Standard Network, wherever you get your content out there. All right, Stats, a lot to get to. You were out there uh, talking with the Niners today as they had some media availability out in Lake Las Vegas. But I, I want to get to a breakdown that we haven't done yet on the show. Obviously, anybody out there picking quarterbacks is going to take Mahomes <laughs> over Brock Purdy. But as we go through the roster, and I'm sure you've done this yourself, let's go position by position and where you believe the Niners have the advantage. Okay, quarterback, Chiefs. Yes. Running back, Niners. Yes. Pass catchers, Niners. Niners. Line, offensive line. I probably would say Kansas City, to be honest with you. Trent Williams is awesome at left tackle, best left tackle in the league. But other than that, yeah. it's kind of average. They're okay at best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Colton McKivitz, their right tackle, is not great at best, to be <laughs> right. honest with you. So I give the advantage to Kansas City. All right. Defensive line. If you asked me in the middle of the season, like after the Cowboys or the Eagles game, I would have said the 49ers. But they haven't been the same defense and the same defensive line since that time. They've talked about it themselves. Their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, called it embarrassing, their pursuit against the Lions in the NFC Championship game. When you would think if there was ever a game where you could muster 
the energy and the courage to track down ball carriers, you would think it would be the NFC Championship game, and it wasn't. And that has to count against them. So I guess Kansas City, but I don't know why San Francisco isn't better. Yeah, and I think Carl Loftus, the way he's been improving, I think helps them. Chris Jones is just a mad truck sitting in the middle. just an absolute beast. Um, Linebackers, Niners. Yes. Secondary. I go Chiefs. Okay. Uh, Charvarius Ward is awesome for the 49ers, as Chiefs fans well know, as he was there last year. Diamondor Lenore has been very good, but that's really as good as it gets for the Niners in their secondary. They lost Talano Hufanga earlier this year. He was an all-pro. If he was there, maybe they would have more of a case, but I give the Chiefs the edge. Specialists? Uh, mm. Yeah. Mitch Wisnowski, the punters, had a great year, but... <laughs> but don't you trust... Butker more than Moody. I do. Yeah. And I've been a Moody defender because I think especially as rookie kickers go, he's actually been one of the better ones we've seen in the past 10 years. But we've also seen him miss some kicks that, you know, doesn't Recently. fill you with the warms and fuzzies. So I will go Chiefs. Coaches. I have a ton of respect for Kyle Shanahan, but I think Andy Reid is the best offensive mind of his generation. Uh, we're talking about a guy with multiple Super Bowl championships now. Really could catapult himself into rare air in terms of coaches and the number of championships he has. So it's slight, but I will say Andy Reid. All right, let's spit it out. Who's better? The 49ers are the better team. They are the better <laughs> team. It has been so frustrating for me as a 49ers fan and someone that covers this team because for years it was the 49ers have the better team except at quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that's still true in this game, but only because they're playing Patrick Mahomes. They have leveled up with Brock Purdy there, but Mahomes is still Mahomes. And so you can never just say, well, the Niners are the better team they're going to win because clearly Mahomes can do amazing things. I mean, it sounds to me like the Chiefs have the better coach, the better quarterback, and the better defense. Well, when you say it like that. <laughs> like, that just, I, but I guess my question... And I'm trying to be as unbiased no, no, no. as possible here. But my rebuttal would be, okay, so we, we broke it all down, but it's not all black and white. No, it's right? not. It's not How as much that, better... Are the skill position players for the Niners at running back and Valid at pass catcher question. that could lead them over to the top? Because stats ultimately, I haven't bet it yet. I feel like I'm ultimately going to land on the Niners here. I do think they are the slightly better team. I think the market has you know reacted a lot, understandably so, from the past couple of games. But my question to you would be: McCaffrey and then Debo, Kittle. Um, how much do those players push the Niners over the top? How much are those two spots better than the Chiefs? I think a lot better. And that's not to disparage the Chiefs. Just they're really good. And the, the thing that comforts me as a 49ers fan is Debo and McCaffrey. They don't need perfect blocking. They don't need Kyle Shanahan to dial up the perfect play. They can catch the ball, get the ball in their hands in space, make three guys miss and break a 50 or 60 yard touchdown. And that is something that, especially in a one game scenario, it has to make you comfortable if you're a 49ers fan because Steve Spagnuolo is great. He's one of the best big game defensive coordinators ever. But even if he does everything right, the 49ers can still succeed. How much do you put into the, you know, the, I, I hate to use house money, but to me, the Chiefs are kind of, hey, weren't supposed to be here. Whereas the Niners, we just heard from Thomas Dimitrov talking about the pressure on Kyle Shanahan, all of the playoff wins, hasn't won the big one yet. How much more pressure is on the Niners in this game and, and how do they handle that? It is a lot of pressure for sure, because I'm sure if the Chiefs get up early, they start thinking, oh my 
God, is this really going to happen again? How many more times are we going to get here? But also I could flip that around and I could say the 49ers have the hunger that you can only have sure. when you haven't won that first yeah. Super Bowl yet. Whereas the Chiefs, I mean, this is what, their fourth Super Bowl? Like, so maybe I could flip it around and say the Niners have a hunger that it's impossible to continue to have if you're the Chiefs because they've had so much success. Stats, I asked this question earlier this week, and I'm curious to get your opinion on it. Rob Stats Guerrero, Gold Standard Network, at Stats on Fire on Twitter. The Packers had their way to an extent rushing the ball. Lions had their way, especially early on. What has gone wrong? Is it fixable for the Niners defensively? It's been a combination of getting out schemed and just flat out getting out physical and players not doing their job. Kyle Shanahan said there's too many guys expecting somebody else to make the tackle, which is obviously not what you want. When they in the Lions game, in the NFC Championship game, when they flipped in the second half and they went to more of a man defense and they got a little more aggressive and they brought Greenlaw and Warner up on the line of scrimmage to start pretty much every play. The run defense suddenly improved. Imagine that. When guys aren't backing up in soft zone, they're able to step up and make plays against the run. I think that Steve Wilkes will learn from that. I hope he does because Pacheco is a load to bring down. And I think stopping Pacheco is job one for this 49ers defense. Who's someone on this Niners team that we're not talking about that's going to have a big impact on the game? We know, you know, Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and Christian McCaffrey. Is there anyone else that maybe we should be pulling a little strand out as we get closer to this one? Offensively, defensively. Offensively. Offensively, I would go with Jawan Jennings. Okay. Uh, he's their third receiver. He made that one-handed yeah. catch on that third down play yeah. in the NFC Championship game. If you look at his seasons with the 49ers, he doesn't do much. But what he does do, he does on third down, and he almost always gets a first down. I think it looks like 14 and a half, his uh, receiving yards total one and a half on the receptions there. He might only have two or three catches in the game, but they're going to come at critical spots. They're going to come on third down. He, he doesn't get a lot of love, but he deserves it. He's a, he has a very clear role on this team on third down. So I, I'm glad you're here because we were just talking about this last segment because, you know, with the prop bets, stats being out there, everything is on the table yeah. regarding players. So <laughs> literally what, what I what I was curious about and um, I heard this, you know, being discussed. I was like, man, that that's interesting way to look at attacking it. What do you expect to see from Elijah Mitchell in this game? His over-under on uh, rush attempts is one and a half. Is this a situation where Kyle's just going to say, I'm running 23 into the ground, and if I'm not running 23 into the ground, I'm giving the ball to 19 and Debo Samuel. Is Elijah Mitchell, I know he got carries against Detroit, but that was injury-related. Yes. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy, is Elijah Mitchell touching the ball? No. Okay. And I hope he doesn't. Like, <laughs> never, ever, ever. You said it. Yeah. 23 forever. There's no game next week. There's yeah. no game two weeks from now. The the shackles should be off Christian McCaffrey. You oh, don't yeah. have to worry about keeping him healthy anymore. Give him the ball as much as humanly possible. And when he's tired and he can't do it, like you said, Debo. go to Debo. And that's no slight on Elijah Mitchell. But Debo and McCaffrey are special, special players. Debo didn't touch the ball for the last 13 minutes of Super Bowl 54. You can't have that. You cannot have that. And I think Kyle's going to learn from that. What do you think? I'm glad you brought up Super Bowl 54 four years ago. Had a 10-point lead. Blew it. The pass to, you know, from Jimmy Garoppolo just sails just a little bit too far. What has Kyle Shanahan, in your opinion, what do you think he's learned from that game? And is there anything from that game that you believe he won't do on Sunday? I don't know that he's learned a lot like he's going to change that much 
I think now he has more faith in his quarterback to deliver a play if they need a play. I What I would say is I think Kyle thought he had to dial up the perfect play all the time to have success. And if he didn't, they were not going to succeed, at least in the passing game. And I think especially with the way Brock has scrambled last week and made plays on his own, I think Kyle has kind of seen now, all right, there's a little less pressure on me. I don't necessarily have to rely as much on the X's and the O's, as they say. We can lean on the Jimmys and the Joes. And so mm-hmm. I think that's maybe what Kyle has learned, to just kind of like relax, like take a deep breath. Your play calls don't have to be perfect. You, it's okay. Your players can bail you out. Before we let you run, follow them on Twitter, at Stats on Fire. They've got tremendous coverage, Gold Standard Network. All right, 30-second stats. Final score, MVP. X factor. I'm going 27, 24, 49ers. Brock Purdy's going to win the MVP. Christian McCaffrey is the X factor. They always give it to the quarterbacks. Even yep. though Christian McCaffrey will probably have two touchdowns, I bet him to score two touchdowns in each of the past two weeks. And I'm happy to say that he's made me a little cash. <laughs> Thank you, Christian McCaffrey. But Brock will get the MVP, even though McCaffrey's going to have to carry the load. He is Rob Stats Guerrera at Stats on Fire. He's here in town. Follow him. He's going to give you tremendous 49ers coverage, not only this week, but all year long. The Gold Standard Network. Stats, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. There he is. Rob Stats, Guerrero. Much more as our coverage of Super Week from Vegas continues next. Brother? Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is VSIN Primetime. And folks, with Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, that's V-S-I-N, you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Once again, omahasteaks.com slash V-S-I-N. Thanks to our good friend Rob Stats Carrera for a, a breakdown there of uh, Super Bowl 58 as our coverage of v Super Week here in Las Vegas continues. Super Bowl 58, of course, here in Vegas, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 local kickoff at Allegiant Stadium on the grass, not the turf. Uh, we will be joined by our... I think that's noteworthy, by the way. Yeah. It'll be... Uh, I got asked this question, and I didn't fully know the answer, but I... I was, I've done a little research on the I was asked the if it's going to be a new turf. Yes. They, they did the same thing they did last year. So it is. Okay. So because I was curious about that, because the Raiders do play on grass, right? They UNLV, the Pac-12 Championship, Vegas Bowl, all the high school game, whatever. Turf. They play on turf. They roll it up, and then they... Bring in the grass. They made a new surface for this game. Okay. And it is being, I don't know. I think it's here I'm not a botanist, but it's being managed by. Do we have any botanists on staff? I don't know. Um, Call a botanist. We need a botanist to break down the turf. This is, I'll be honest though. This is one of those things that will not. We get viewer comments all the time. We just got one. The next segment, Chiefs, how great Mahomes is. Fine. We're going to talk a lot about Patrick Mahomes over the next week. I get it. This is one of those things that is not being talked about a lot on the shows that I think will have a major, major impact on the game. Did you watch the Super Bowl last year? It was a disaster. Don't you think everyone who bet the under in that game would have liked to know that the field was going to be so slippery that neither team would have the right cleats and that the offenses would be at a major advantage having the ability to know where they're cutting and the defense is being a step slow. That game flew over last year. It was a stone cold over from the start and the field conditions was a big reason why. I don't know if it's going to be the same conditions as it was last year. You would think the NFL has learned from their mistakes. However, have you been outside in Vegas this week? It's rained like every day. So that is a big wild card, I think, in this game that we're probably not going to know what the impact is until kickoff. So when we look at the total and it sits at 47 and a half right now, 
And we think about how the previous couple games have played out for Kansas City. Let's just look at the Chiefs, for instance. By the way, the Chiefs, if you're wondering, third lowest uh, over rate. So third highest under rate, however you want to look at it. Four and 14 and 16 to the under uh, this year. Under against Miami. Uh, it's a frigid cold. Okay, fine. It went over in Buffalo. And then under last week, where it didn't look like it was going to go under, as it was 7-7 in a blink, and then slowed down. Uh, Eric Eager joined us in hour number one. Lean more towards the under. That's where I'm at. Once again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Guess what, folks? I haven't played it yet. Why? Because over money's a-coming. And the public's going to have its say, as they always do in the, in the Super Bowl. And if we could get 48, I don't know where it's going to go. Look, I think 48 is a real possibility. Circa touch 48, drop back yep. down. And, and, and the market gives you these little sniffs of the direction sometimes. Yeah. That was one of them. I, I do think over money will come. I do think you'll see 48. It might not close 48, but you'll get another 48, I think. So the way I'm thinking about it, right? Because there's this great stat, I think you mentioned it earlier, about Kansas City to the second half under. What is yeah. it, 18 and 2? It's, it's an absurd number, something like that. But the more absurd part about it is usually like the obvious sharp prop that gets bet early every year is second half more points than first half. Right. That bet this year is like dead even. It's like minus one time on both sides. I've, I, I've never seen that. And granted, I haven't been doing this that long, but people that have been doing it much longer than me have never seen that. So I, I think that is a very unique question. At what point do we get value to the second half because of how much depression we're seeing in the price because of the Chiefs' second half numbers? Because my curiosity is, you know, having this under ticket, you know, hypothetically. <laughs> and then in your mind, you've already bet it and lost it. In yeah. his mind, he's already lost and it. And then I'm sitting there on Sunday. Yeah. At, you know, <laughs> six, so how I, I can't bet the Niners. Seven o'clock our time. And, you know, because let's think about the San Francisco 49ers the last couple of games, right? They've played better down the stretch. Yeah. Second half against Detroit. Second half against Green Bay. Yep. The, the drive against Green Bay. So I'm, I'm staring at this first half and I'm thinking 23 and a half. Now, I want 24. 24, very key. Very. First half very number important. 14, 10, 17, 7, etc. 21 more key or 24 more key than 21. I know that sounds crazy, but it's rare. You see three touchdowns right. and a half and nothing else. DraftKings is sitting at 23 and a half juiced minus 18 to the under. Do we get a first half move to 24? Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. Maybe. I, I think trying to predict the movement is hard with the derivatives. Yeah. I think yeah. side and total. It's easier. To it's easier to say this number probably goes to 48 because it's kind of like, do you ever play that game growing up where you had to get like a, like a, like a marble out of a, like a square and you had to move every piece one way yeah. and then you had to move this one way. And then it takes a while to get them all in the right space to where you can move each one and then get a straight line. I thought you were going to go Kerplunk at first. I was like, yeah, I played Kerplunk. Kind of, but like, you know, the game I'm no, talking about, it's, it's yeah. like one of those brain twister yeah, yeah. games. It's like, and you have to move a lot of other markets, but the first market that always moves is the side total. And then the derivatives kind of filter down. That's why they say, like, let's say a total drops five points because of weather. You miss the total, maybe get the first quarter, the first half, or the prop market, which tends to be slower catching up. So I think it's harder to predict. 
the derivatives. I think the further kind of to pull a line from inception, the further down the list you go, like first half, a little bit easier than maybe first quarter. Right. And then like first five minutes, like it just, it, it gets really hard because the numbers become so stretched because there's just not a lot of time horizon with those bets. So we got the total side, 47 and a half. Does it touch 48? I think it will. I think it will too. I don't know. If, again, I don't know if it'll land there, but I think it'll go there. Right. And then where do you think, because I, I've been asked this a bunch this week and I, I think, I don't know if we land one and a half. Do we land two? We ain't getting one and a three. Half. I don't think I we're getting, we ain't oh, getting a three. Goodness, no. No way. And two and a half and has been bought down. And so. we're not going to get the pick. No. So where does this land? Does one it still hang in this limbo land? Just one and hanging half. out in there. If you, if you want to tease to, uh, to next year, some UFL action, have at it. Um, in, in a normal week, it's a great teaser. Bet. Oh, it's a, yeah. Very good teaser, bet. but also I asked several professionals. One of them specifically said this week, if this was a week 10 game out of 16, he wouldn't bet it. Yeah. So I think use that as a frame of, re- there is no mega whale side or total here. Like <laughs> this number is pretty set. You're not going to see it move. And the only reason you would bet an NFL side on a Monday or a Tuesday is because you think you're going to get a point or two as closing line value on Sunday. You're not going to get that in this game. Like if you get a half a point, you should feel like you, you made a dent. So, I know that you're on the Chiefs. I have to be. I'm on the Niners. It's square, but I can't, I can't do it. Look, it's, it's... I can't sleep at night, right? Just like Femi says. It's, it's fine. Like, I said this it's yesterday... It's my smallest bet for the I, whole... I said this yesterday part. with Matt Brown. Look, he bet the Chiefs. The Chiefs absolutely could win this game. The Niners can absolutely win this 100%. game. 100%. It's a two-point There's spread. There's no value on the side here, guys. So pick, pick your conscience. Ultimately, I think I'm going to end up on the Niners. I'm pretty confident. Of course confident. you are. You're a sharp so, guy. You're going to hear but, it. <laughs> so. <laughs> the Sharps have gotten destroyed this year. You know why? Nonsense. Because him and I have had moments in our season. By the way, tied for six in Golden Nugget. We deserve a little credit. But right. we've had moments in our season where we're just like, can the Sharps do something right? Because we're, we're on the sharp side every week, and we lose a lot. Um, but do you play into what we discussed with Eric, where this market would have been six, five? Of course. But then you have to quantify Mahomes. Ago. And yeah. I don't know. How, I, I can't quantify I him. Think, I think the fascinating thing is what we discussed with, with stats just a moment ago, where... The team with the better coach and the better quarterback is the underdog. But I do think the specialists, the skill position skill players, position guys, the receivers, the, the tight ends, the running backs. Special do, teams, I think the Chiefs have the end. Able, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are they able to set them apart? I, I don't think so. Okay. Personally, I think Super Bowls are graded differently than your average Week 10 game. That's just how I view these games. I think there's absolutely no doubt. That's Jared Smith. I'm Tim Murray. It's VSIN Super Week live here in Las Vegas. We catch up with our coach. Yeah, I said it. Mike Sanford. He'll join us next. Get his thoughts on Super Bowl 58. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Super Bowl's betting guide is out now and can help you 
Bet on the big game. This year's guide features in-depth team breakdown. Steve Mackinnon, Super Bowl simulation with player projection, plus favorite prop bets, picks, and best bets from VEASAN hosts and guests, including our legend on staff, the one and only Brent Musburger, his insight on betting the game. To get the guide and all VEASAN has to offer, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. VEASAN.com slash pro. That's Jared Smith. I am Tim Murray. It is VEASAN Super Week all week long here on VEASAN. Oh, look at the sphere. Yeah, we're live here from Las Vegas. Going to a YouTube concert later. I, I saw a couple people posting pictures from it. It looks awesome. I do want to go. I just don't think this is the week to do it. <laughs> well, back from uh, the Vegas of Alabama, Mobile, <laughs> it is Mike Sanford who joins us right now. Never heard uh, that one always love uh, breaking things down with the coach, longtime offensive coordinator, Boise State. Great. And uh, we got I'm betting against your Boise uh, Broncos tonight. Sorry, coach. I'm on Colorado it's State. Okay. Interesting game tonight. I love me some Mountain West hoops, but we're having you on to talk football, not Mountain West hoops. Maybe next week. Um, let's break down the quarterbacks. And I want to start with Brock Purdy. You know, we could and we'll, rightfully so. We'll give Patrick Mahomes maybe the greatest quarterback ever to walk this earth. His flowers here momentarily. But as a coach, what have you seen from Brock Purdy over the years it, from Iowa State to now, what has he improved on and what do you like about his game? Well, you just look at Iowa State's trajectory as a program uh, prior to Brock Purdy being there, um, you know, just kind of meddling in, in mediocrity and, and maybe an upset win here and there. But then you see Brock Purdy uh, in his time at Iowa State. I mean, Matt Campbell was up for every job in America <laughs> uh, during during Brock Purdy's tenure as the starting quarterback at Iowa State. And then you look at post Brock Purdy in 2022, it was all bad in Ames, Iowa. Uh, and then just, you know, pretty average football team this year in 2023. And the thing that I'm excited about for the Super Bowl is that watching these playoffs and really evaluating Brock Purdy as an NFL quarterback, I've watched him a lot as a college quarterback. I think he's very underrated with his athleticism, uh, escapability, the ability to, to take off and run. Uh, not many people know this about Brock Purdy, but uh, at his combine, he was one hundredth of a second slower than Lamar Jackson in his 10 yard split. Wow. Yard that. So you wouldn't have guessed that. So he has short area quickness. Um, he extends plays. He outrushed Lamar Jackson. Wasn't a coincidence, um, you know, in the championship round, uh, not playing against each other. Um, but I think Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes are the two best in this current NFL this year, the two best game on the line quarterbacks to deliver when it really matters. I think it started with Brock Purdy, not looking good for the, through two and a half quarters in the opening game against the Packers for them in these playoffs. Found a way in the fourth quarter, willed, him, willed himself to victory, made the plays that he needed to, and then he did it again against the Lions, you know, being down, uh, you know, pretty significantly against those Lions. There's no panic. I mean, you look at Brock Purdy's, just his demeanor, his temperament, when the game's on the line or when the, their backs are against the wall, he doesn't change. And I think that's really exciting to see uh, a young version of, of Patrick Mahomes as it relates to being a guy that plays his best ball when his best ball is needed to be played. Uh, I'm excited to watch this matchup for that reason. And there's something to be said about that, honestly, coach, because you talk about there hasn't been a lot of critiques of Mahomes during this postseason run, but the one negative I've heard, well, in the second half, especially uh, last week or two weeks ago against the Ravens, didn't score any points. 
And that is something that Brock Purdy has excelled at in this postseason. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And the Niners have had that finishing kick. But how much does this game differ from the prior games? The Super Bowl is a little bit different. The hype, the buildup, of course, facing the Chiefs and being in that favorite role, the pressure role. How does Brock handle that moment? And is it any different than what he's dealt with the last few weeks? I think he handles it with the exact same composure that he handled the the second half uh, game against the Packers and really the, you know, the second half against the Lions, which required a, a, a big game for him to deliver. Uh, I just look at his demeanor. You can see a lot with quarterbacks. You read body language. You can see when the moment's too big for them. And in fact, I think actually the bigger the moment gets for Brock Purdy, uh, I think the more that he just feels relaxed and calm and, and that's who he is. Um, so I, I'm, I don't think that's going to play a factor, but one thing I do think, um, you know, just as it relates to this, this exact matchup, uh, both of these teams throughout the course of the season have shown the ability to, to, to win close games, but also both teams have shown the ability to stay around and, and find a way to win in the third and fourth quarters uh, when behind early. And I think there's nobody better than that than Patrick Mahomes. And he hasn't been asked to do that in these, in this postseason necessarily. I mean, the bills game was very back and forth, um, you know, took an early lead against the Ravens. I don't think that, that necessarily he's had to perform that fourth quarter miracle. But one thing that I think Patrick Mahomes has done, he's the anti Dak Prescott. He's not, <laughs> he is not the stat guy. He does whatever his team needs for yeah. him to do to be able to deliver a victory. Cause that's all it really his, I think his legacy is going to be defined by is how many rings he gets and how is he going to be compared to the Montanas, you know, and, and you know, the Elways, the Mannings, uh, of course, the GOAT, Tom Brady. I think it's going to come down to how many rings that he has. And I think even during the season, he was, he was messing around with different receivers, just testing out, uh, you know, how to, how to get to the playoffs and who's going to count on when he is in the playoffs and in the biggest spotlight, which is the Super Bowl. So I, I, I wouldn't put any stock into the second half of what the chiefs did against the Ravens. First off, the Ravens are the best defense in football. They're better than the Niners. I truly believe that they don't get blown out. Never have. They didn't give up any big first half scores um, like the Niners did in the last two games in these playoffs. I think that they just did what they had to do. And Patrick Mahomes knew um, that the Ravens offense wasn't going to be able to do uh, what it needed to do. So they just stayed on the field, moved the chains, uh, didn't put the ball in harm's way and found a way to get the victory. I was about to say Patrick Mahomes. Who Patrick Mahomes on Patrick the Patrick Mahomes hanging out with us. Mike right here. Sanford, uh, who <laughs> might have been called, you know, uh, the pa- speak, you before know? you know, before there was Mahomes, there was Sanford <laughs> at Boise. You know, that's that's where I like to think the about Mahomes it. of the Pacific just Northwest. Man, just different trajectories. A <laughs> <Yeah>. longtime <laughs> uh, offensive coordinator, Notre Dame, uh, Colorado, most recently Western Kentucky head coach and Colorado interim coach, just a couple years ago, joining us here on Vsin Primetime. So as you look at Patrick Mahomes, and you look at it a lot differently than, you know, the layman looks at it. He had 14 picks this year. You know, you were kind of a hidden thing on it. What has changed from Christmas Day when they lost as a 10-point favorite to the Raiders to now where he has had zero turnover-worthy plays in this postseason? I really believe that Patrick Mahomes messes around during the regular season. And I know that sounds crazy. I don't think there's any NFL quarterbacks uh, that just kind of mess around. Uh, I think he's, he goes full Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams just messes around all season, no matter what uh, <laughs> pre preseason postseason, you know, doesn't matter. I, I think he messes around, but not, not just because, because he wants to see, um, you know, what he's capable of doing, but he wants to see what's around him. And especially because the cast has changed around him 
throughout these six AFC championship game appearances and now his fourth Super Bowl. Uh, he wants to know what he has and he wants to know uh, who he can depend upon. And there's been some very errant receiver play during the regular season. He settled on his guys, Rushy Rice, a whole heck, heck of a lot of, of Tyreek Hill, MVS with the game on the line. He finally settled on his guys. It's not a big wide group like he had, you know, four, five, six years ago. Um, but he does have a group that he now trusts. And I think he's just trying to fit balls in uh, into tight windows with very unproven receivers during the regular season. And he was experimenting with what the secret sauce was going to be for this postseason. Well, I liken it to training for a marathon. Not that I've done that, but I have been running a lot recently. And most recently, I've been doing about two and a half, three miles a day, coach. And the first mile is easy, right? Like, I don't even think about it anymore. It's that last mile that I struggle and I really have to kind of focus in. And I I do think there is that sense. We've seen it in prior years with like the Bucks and Tom Brady, where, you know, early in the year, they know that as long as they're around in the playoffs, um, things are going to break their way. Um, Any any other unheralded storylines that you think are going to play a factor here? We talked a little bit about field conditions, officiating. What are some of the X factors in this game that you see? kind of deciding the outcome i one of my big x factors is this chief's defense um there's been stars like drew drew tranquil that came out of nowhere uh, i think that george Karloftis is came out of notre big, dame i mean no big deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but he, he certainly wasn't even picked to be <laughs> the chargers cut him right or they let him yeah walk. Got rid of him. Yeah. Got rid of him. Yeah. He's resurrected his career. George Karloftis is is i think one of the yeah. one of the one of the hardest guys to block you know in, in pro football he's he just has a unbelievable motor. And I think he's going to, he's going to play a role in a turnover worthy play um, because I think a lot of the attention is going to be on Chris Jones. Uh, I really like Justin Reed in the back end. This chief's defense does not get the respect that it gets. And me living out here in AFC West territory, trust me, I understand how good this defense is (laughs) and and, and what they meant to this team and their success this year. I think the chief's defense plays a huge role in the outcome of this game. All right. Next week, We're going all in on the draft. We're starting draft. We're getting all your breakdowns from the Senior Bowl. But 20 seconds to go. Final score, MVP. 24-21 Chiefs. Going to come down to the very wire. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the winning touchdown to Travis Kelsey. And all of Swifty Nation is going to go bananas. (laughs) Coach, enjoy the game. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. There he is, Mike Sanford, as our coverage of VSIN Super Week live here in Las Vegas continues next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's never been a better time to have skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook because right now we have a VSIN exclusive offer for new DraftKings customers. Earn $500 of bonus bets for every $1,000 you bet up to $2,500. Don't wait. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN, V-S-I-N, when you sign up and earn $500 bonus bet for every $1,000 you bet now. Alongside Jared Smith, I am Tim Murray. It is VEASAN primetime. We're live here in Las Vegas, Nevada, as our coverage of VEASAN Super Week continues all week long, getting you ready for Super Bowl 58. Oh, that's this week? Yeah, that's this oh, week. Oh, forgot. Yeah. My bad. It's perfect. Sorry. It's going me... to be here before you know it. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be here on the... And then... We walk through the, de- the desert of no football. Oh, you mean nerfy season? Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> can we just talk for a second about the historical significance of the game being played here? Sure. I, I, I find just the full circle nature of this game being played here when 21 years ago, the NFL said no to the what happens here stays here Las Vegas campaign. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 20 years I mean, I remember that 2003 Super Bowl. It was, uh, it was the Rich Gannon and the Raiders against the Bucks. Um, and I didn't even had any idea at the time how staunchly against, you know, I was 18 years old, 17 and a half. I forget. Yeah. 17 or 18 years old. And for the game now to be played here, and I know there's been a lot of things in between, obviously that have led up to it, but that was kind of the first Vegas anti NFL. No, we can't be connected to you in any way. And now 21 years later, again, it, it just, it blows my mind. 
absolutely mind blown. Tony Romo's uh, fantasy football yeah, that was a few years ago, 2017. Yeah, uh, was canceled as well. No, it's wild. I mean, a franchise came here, yeah, and now a Super Bowl is here, and and I think the Super Bowl is here to stay. I, I think oh, this is going to be going to be in the rounds. It's definitely going to be in the New Orleans, yep. Los Miami, Angeles. Phoenix. It's always those it's are, what, yeah, L.A. Those, I mean, and this is. Let's be honest. This is a city that's ready for the Super Bowl. I mean, I was yeah. I was talking to uh, to Matt Brown last night. A buddy of mine is in town, not Super Bowl related. He's here for a convention. Like it, it's just it's a town built for big events. It's a town, you know. I don't know. You're probably invited to these parties, but like, it's built for a list celebrities what going to parties. It's your show. You I'm know, just the fill-in host. I'm just a guy, man. I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm the fill-in host on his show, and he's trying to unbig. He's trying to reverse jinx my going, big time. He's probably going to Luke Combs. Tracy Chapman <laughs> might show going. up to sing Fast I actually there. might go see Luke Combs, but I'm going to be a paying customer to it. <laughs> I, I just, it, It's just such a great town, and I, I've now lived here for 18 months. I'm coming from a city in New York that historically speaking is like the city and when i come here the vibe of these big events takes over the town and and to be fair to the super bowl and it is the biggest event ever we just had the stanley cup presented here like watching that transpire in terms of the hierarchy of major sporting events we've got major league baseball even though if you read the news lately you might think that's not happening it is it is happening they're just trying to get more money um wnba back-to-back titles for the aces right the nfl draft i mean the last three years of las vegas the renaissance that this town has experienced and to your point it's a sports town and also if the Super Bowl hasn't been in Vegas yet, it hasn't been anywhere yet because Vegas does things right. I mean, I, everything I've heard this week so far, um, you know, having the stadium basically be the backdrop to the week, whereas last year in Glendale, you got to drive an hour out to Glendale from Phoenix. So it's just the, the vibe of Vegas hosting these big events to me is unmatched. And I think next year in New Orleans, it'll be a little different. And I think when the game comes back here in however many years, there'll be that kind of already renewed excitement about it. And it's, it's pretty cool, man. Like it just, it's cool to experience it, to see the people coming in and just the hoopla of all of it. Cause really Vegas was, Vegas was made for events like this. No, no doubt. Uh, and it's, it's ready to go. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully the game goes off without a hitch and all the week's festivities are, are a blast. By the way, uh, could we be looking at another top 10 team potentially get knocked off? Clemson leads UNC 43 to 28. Last night we saw Kansas lose to Kansas State. Uh, it's it's a football dominated week, but man, the stretch here of top 10 teams getting knocked off has been wild. Especially top 10 by, teams in general have had struggles this year, especially on the road. And against unranked teams. And this yeah. game for UNC, I mean, what we'll see. A lot of basketball still to be played. UNC. I would probably take UNC. UNC on here. last week, Tuesday, lost at Georgia Tech, then turned around, beat and covered at Duke. And now they're losing to Clemson in uh, in a pretty uh, pretty juicy situational spot. So uh, I'm sitting at uh, plus seven and a half. I know Wes on Vsin tonight. Uh, he walked in last night. I'll give him full credit. He just looks at me and he goes Clemson. I'm like. Alrighty, so uh, I know he got the best of the number. I think he got eight, eight and a half, whatever that it was. Eight's a really good number. So uh, that was gone pretty early in the process last night when we were talking about. Yeah, I wanted to. I, I saw seven and a half. I was like, yeah, maybe we'll get eight again. And then it started going the other way. I was like, okay, I guess I, I woke up and, and it was at six. Yeah, 
So it is, uh, it's been a mover. All right, Patrick Mahomes, we just talked about him. He's pretty good at football. Um, over under passing yards, let me get the latest number. I think it's 260, 260 and a half at DraftKings. We'll use that number. Obviously, disclaimer, should have it on the bottom of every show. Shop around. Um, right. 260 and a half. And this is something that you were listening to Steve Fezzik. Yep. A colleague of yours Correct. comes on Sharp Money uh, every week. Uh, on, with uh, with Amal and Patrick, and he was going through kind of the big name players, their props, and then how he's looking to attack them. Mahomes is interesting to me because he has eclipsed 260 yards just once this postseason: 262 against Miami, 215 against Buffalo, 241 last week against Baltimore. His last five games, he's gone over that number uh, just once. Well, I've said this a lot about Mahomes. He would hit the hot dog guy if he was open. Like, they're, they're just, he doesn't care right. what, who the star is. And I know he's, he's targeted Kelsey a lot, but let's be honest. The Chiefs have two reliable targets in the passing game. So, obviously, the Rice and Kelsey. Like, those are going to be the two guys that are going to get the lion's share of the targets. But for the most part, Patrick Mahomes will take, the deep, will take what the defense gives him. In the case of the Ravens game, it was a lot. And... To be fair, since the Mahomes explosion, let's say 2019, 2020, teams have adjusted by just playing him very conservatively and, and, and making him make that first mistake where the read says underneath check down, but he's getting impatient and he wants to force it. He hasn't shown that. And I think it's been since the Chiefs Raiders game. And that has been a noticeable change. We talked to Eric Eager earlier since that game. It seems like Kansas City and Mahomes much more comfortable with just operating within the offense and not trying to play hero ball that makes the yards prop difficult because it's going to be a lot of think and dunk you would think however if the chiefs or excuse me if the niners decide to take it completely away from travis kelsey and that underneath option and to play a little bit more aggressively on the defensive side in the secondary and give Mahomes some of those single high safety looks that he hasn't been getting in prior years that's where the passing yards prop really comes into play. I, I think I, I'm going to go with what, what, what Steve said yesterday on, on Sharp Money. I, I'm going to go with the eight of club strategy, which is how he laid it out. You make a check mark of where these guys' numbers are today. You write it down. I've got a notepad. I've got all the numbers right here on the notepad. And then on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, about an hour or so before kickoff, I'm going to make another note of the numbers. The ones that have steamed up considerably in this, let's call it five-day window, I'm just going to blind bet the under. And, and and there's not a whole lot of analysis with that besides over the next three or four days, the limits are going to get even bigger than they are now if they haven't already expanded to the max already. And you're going to see a lot more of the public money come in come Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I, I do think the star players, if you want to bet them a Holmes or a Kelsey, you probably have another 24 hours or so before this thing's going to start to move in a northward direction. But yeah, if, if the Niners play aggressively, I could absolutely see Patrick Mahomes throwing for 300 yards. But I don't know if the game script is going to call for that. When I look back at the Baltimore game, it's one game, but it's the most recent game. Sure. It's the most important game. And what I'm getting to is kind of what you alluded to, right? Patrick Mahomes threw 39 passes, completed 30 of them. 19 of his 30 completions were to two people, Kelsey and Rice. And I think we've kind of gotten to the point whether it was the mistakes that Tony made or they've been drops phased out that of the MVS offense. has had, even though he obviously has had a couple big catches these sure. past couple of weeks. Justin, watch it. 
you're right. They have essentially gone away. So I do wonder, as we dig into the other pieces of the Niners' arsenal, yeah. do you just fade everyone else? Because it, it feels like we've gotten to the point Pacheco's going to get his. Yep. Kelsey's going to get his. Bryce is going to get his. And then everyone else? Yeah. There's a know. qualifier in there between Kelsey and Rice that I think maybe MVS. Our coverage of VSIN Super Week continues with Nate Tice. He'll join us in studio next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 